Hello, everyone. My name is Tanvi Alawalia, and I'm joined by my colleagues Chelsea Klein and Amanda Bruce. We are fourth year science communication students in the Translational and Molecular Medicine program at U Ottawa, and we will be your hosts for this special episode of the Beats Research Radio podcast. Today, we will be discussing a paper centered around a topic that we are all quite familiar with, and it's titled COVID 19 Obesity and the Immune Response Two Years After the Pandemic A Timeline of Scientific Advances. We are also so honored to be joined by PhD student Rafael Lima, one of the primary authors of this paper from the Federal University of Minas Gerais. Thank you for inviting me to this interview. I'm Rafael. I'm a PhD student at the Federal University of Minas Gerais, which is located in Brazil. And my research focuses on how the immune system particularly a type of cell of the immune system called CD4 T cell, which is a lymphocyte, how this lymphocyte can contribute to the development of childhood obesity. Other projects that I collaborate with involve how the immune system of uh, people with obesity contributes to the development of COVID-19 and how the immune system works in people with Chagas disease, which is a disease caused by a protozoan, right? That is very prevalent here in, in Brazil. Thank you for that. So we'll just dive right in. Um, a main theme in your most recent paper is COVID-19. And most, if not all of our audience is familiar with COVID-19 because we've been living through this pandemic for the past couple of years. And so before we begin, it might be a little bit useful if you could provide a broad overview of the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so this pandemic is caused by a virus called SARS-CoV-2, and this virus belongs to the, the family of general coronaviruses that normally cause mild colds in, in, in humans, but this virus is more severe. And like all the coronavirus, it has a, a lot of needle-like structures called uh, spike proteins or on their outer membrane and is used by the virus to infect the, the susceptible cells. And the susceptible cells have this enzyme on their membrane called angiotensin converting enzyme 2. And these cells are very present in the nasal and oral cavity, right? So the virus can replicate its RNA. It, it is an RNA virus, could replicate this RNA on those cells because these cells have the receptor to internalize the virus, right? And it also explains how the virus is transmitted and how uh, it infects people because it, it grows very, very quickly and very efficiently in, in those cells of the mouth and the nose. And when someone breathes or, or talks, if this person is uh, infected, even if it's asymptomatic, it releases droplets containing the, the virus. And if someone inhales uh, these droplets that are carried throughout the air, he or she gets infected, right? And once someone gets infected, the, the first line of response to the virus is the innate immune response in which we have cells that recognize some parts of, of the virus, like its genetic material, uh, which is very different from what our cells have. 
right? So it is recognition of foreign bodies like the virus. And these cells, once they recognize the threat in, in the system, they release substances like uh, cytokines, and these responses are very inflammatory. They trigger uh, inflammation. And we have this response. There are also cells which are very specific for the virus, uh, which we call the, the adaptive immune cells. And these cells produce cytokines. They uh, kill infected cells, so the virus could not replicate very efficiently. There are also cells that produce antibodies, which try to neutralize the infective potential of the virus. So we have this immune response in COVID-19. Thank you for that, because, you know, a lot of people have heard about COVID, but not many people are familiar with the pathology and the physiology that goes behind, you know, transmitting it and how it causes infection. So throughout the pandemic, it's been heard many times that people with certain underlying conditions, such as obesity, they're at higher risk for contracting severe COVID-related illness. Is there a simple answer as to why obesity provides higher susceptibility to severe COVID-19 symptoms? Actually, we don't have all the factors. It is a lot of factors, but we don't know how each factor plays for this association of obesity and higher susceptibility to severe disease in COVID-19. But we know there are some factors that are common, like the immune response that obesity provokes is something to be concerned about. There are also factors like people with obesity tend to exercise less, tend to have more calorie-dense foods. There is also research pointing to the breathing difficulties people with obesity normally have, like sleep apnea. And these factors, all of them, I think, play some role to have this association, right? That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So is the connection between obesity and the immune system a very active area of research? It is very active. People everywhere are studying obesity and its relationship with the immune system. Like in my university, there is my lab. There is a lot of other labs that try to, to uncover this relationship because we do know a lot, but there are also things that we don't know. Like, for example... There are people who have obesity, but they do not have any sign of inflammation. Their tissue is healthy, even the adipose tissue, which has a higher growth, right? Because it, it stores the energy. And these people do not have any sign of inflammation. They do not have like type 2 diabetes. They don't have cardiovascular complications. But why? <laughs> Why we have this? We don't know. But it, it is a very active area of, of research. And like a quick follow-up, why did you choose to target obesity as a risk factor? Why obesity? First of all, because it is the disease model we study in our lab, right? But also because obesity has this very strong relationship with severe disease in COVID-19. It is such a big factor. It is comparable to like smoking and being over 60 years of age. So it's huge for the risk of developing a worse clinical course. 
that makes sense. There's a lot of things involved with the pathology of obesity. So learning more about how it works and ties into COVID is great. So with the pandemic coming into effect so quickly, research has been affected in many ways. And your review mentions many search results for COVID-19 since the beginning of 2021. How did you weed out the papers that seemed preliminary or misinformative? Yeah, that's a very good question because it was a concern when we searched for the papers to include in, in our review. And there were very good research, but there is also bad research. To try to prevent this uh, preliminary and uh, misleading data, we excluded papers that were not peer-reviewed, right? That were not reviewed before they were published by other researchers. Those sound like great strategies. So in the review, you also mentioned some genes that were upregulated in obese patients. What are the main roles of these genes normally and how do they play a role in COVID-19 severity? These genes are related to the activity of a cell of the, the immune system called the neutrophils. And neutrophils appear to play a big role in, in COVID-19. So the first one, myeloperoxidase, or MPO for short, is a gene that helps the neutrophil to kill their targets. It generates metabolites that can kill the targets of these cells. And neutrophilastase is an enzyme that helps the neutrophils to break down the tissue so it can go to where it is needed in the inflammatory site. So these genes reveal about the activity of these cells. And some papers have revealed that these genes are upregulated in people with obesity, and not only these genes, the, the count, the, the blood count of these cells is also increased in, in people with obesity. And as I said before, neutrophils appear to have a very negative association with COVID-19. So the higher the neutrophils, the more severe the, the disease course, right? So it may be the case that these increased neutrophils in obesity helps the disease course to turn to a more severe disease course, right? So we have this association. Hearing about specific genes, that might be a good therapeutic target. And like you said, it's a growing field of research and people are targeting obesity more and more. What are some next steps that your lab or other labs could potentially take, especially with new variants on the rise? We are trying to see if individual variances like polymorphisms in the ACE2 gene are related to the disease course. If people with a particular variant of the ACE2 has a more severe or less severe or milder disease course, we don't know this for sure yet because ACE2 is also very variable, right? We talk a lot about variants of the virus and they exist, of course, but mm -hmm. our organism is also very diverse. And it is certainly a reason behind different people have different symptoms. Uh, some people get a, a worse disease. Uh, some people don't have the disease. They are asymptomatic, right? So this is also something we need to research about. So this is something I think it should be more clarified right, by next research. 
And of course, we have the variants. Uh, here in Brazil, we have this variant called BQ1, which is a subvariant of Omicron, and it is driving a very, a very steep increase of, of the cases here. So we have these variants. We need to ensure that like vaccines are effective across all these variants. Do you know of any specific differences between the immune responses that are recruited when there's patients that are infected with different strains and different variants of COVID? The general response that I, I highlighted in the, the beginning of the, this interview, it is kind of the same across all variants. First, the innate immune response, the adaptive immune response kicks in. So these basic mechanisms are quite often the same. Something that varies across the <laughs> variants is like the antibody production, right? Some variants elicit a higher antibody production. And something very important is that if someone gets infected with one variant, he or she tends to have antibodies, but these antibodies may not protect against other variants because some antibodies, they, they bind specifically to where the virus binds to our cells. Mm -hmm. And these binding regions, they are variable, right? That's why we have variants. Mm -hmm. So this is something to, that, that changes across the variants, the, the type of antibodies that, that are produced, right? But the, the, the main response is quite the same. That's great to know because, again, we're hearing so much about it these days and not everyone knows the science that's behind it. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. COVID-19 is a topic, again, that's been discussed so much for the past two years and people are constantly wanting to know more. And this research with obesity and the work that you're doing in your lab is really great and we really want to hear more about it. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting all right, and so as we wrap up, we'd also like to thank Dr. Alarcon and everyone else at the Beats Research Radio team for letting us record this special episode. Most importantly, we'd also like to thank all the listeners for tuning in today for our discussion on COVID-19 and obesity, a toxic relationship. Thank you very much. <laughs>